0: Scent World is an original series presented by Scentbird, a fragrance subscription service that brings you luxury designer scents every month for $16.95. Unlock 50% off your first month at Scentbird.com. Welcome back to Scent World, a show that explores the power of expressing yourself through scent. Today, we're featuring Veronique Gabay, the founder of her eponymous brand, based in New York City. Along the sun-kissed shores of the Mediterranean, the Côte d'Azur exudes an irresistible aura of sensuality. This timeless stretch of coastal paradise, often referred to as the French Riviera, is where Veronique spent her childhood. Now she captures the richness of the region into scents that spark joy and remind us to add beauty to everyday life. In this episode, Veronique sits down with Brittany Jackson Mosley, who runs integrated marketing at Scentbird. She opens up about what it took to start her own brand after a career at the helm of L'Oreal, Vera Wang, and Estee Lauder. We uncover the essence of her perfumes, a souvenir from Tunisia, a rose that can only be harvested for 30 days a year, and a sensation of pleasure through the G spot. Cultivate a moment of joy with Veronique Gabaye, Unsent World.
1: I'm going to close my eyes. We can close our eyes. And could you take us through uh, Antibes? what you're seeing, what you're smelling, um, and what it's like, and and take us there.
2: (laughs) Yes. So, you know, um, Antibes or any little town in um, the Mediterranean, the beauty of it is that, A, you have that connection to nature always, always, always. And then what is absolutely amazing is that you know, there's a sense of joy and um, life-loving in the Mediterranean. People are very joyful around the Mediterranean. Would it be Spain, France, Italy? You know, they're very joyful. They love life. And so every aspect of life becomes an adventure. You could go to a market in the south of France, right? and buy your tomatoes and your zucchinis. But then the market is like it's a gorgeous place, and you see all of those fruits and vegetables, and you see Mm -hmm. artists' paintings, and you see musicians playing music, and you see flowers on top of the fruits and vegetables. So you're like, oh, I love that. And then you (laughs) sit down at a cafe, you know, in, in front of the sea, and you have your coffee, and then it becomes lunch, and then you stay, and you talk to everyone, and then probably you will end up there, you know, for aperitif and dancing on the table at
3: night. (laughs) So it's
2: like life is enjoyed. And I think it's very, very important. And you can make any moment of life more magical if you put a little bit of effort in there, if you put a little bit of beauty in it. And so that's the message, if you will, of, of my hometown Um, And then I try to put those elements in the fragrances that I'm creating. So every one of my fragrances is inspired by one core raw materials that grows around the Mediterranean. And then we built around it. But if you close your eyes like you wanted to do, you know, every one of them will transport you to a place or a moment. There is a place in the world and in my heart where I was born. A place of discovery, wonder, and grace. A place made of hedonism and humanism. A place where the sun is like gold. A place of overload of sensations, colors, and scents. Of breathtaking landscapes that take you by surprise and leave you forever changed.
1: I remember you saying once that um, after your... Beautiful career after you've been helping other brands launch fragrances, launch beauty products. It was your dream to launch your own. Yeah, actually, it was there like forever. But the
2: reality is that, you know, um, I I was kind of afraid of jumping into um, the pool of being an entrepreneur. And I had that passion of creating scent and telling stories around them. And so that passion uh, find its way, if you will, within uh, the confines of companies that were absolutely extraordinary. And I was very lucky to be able to do what I was loving, really loving uh, for formidable, you know, people, incredible brands, fabulous companies. So it was great. But in the back of my mind, there was always this, desire if you will to express myself because when you do it for others you have to serve uh, who they are you have to serve their purpose you have to be true to their DNA and so you you cannot impose on other brands what you feel is really important to you so that desire was there and at some point you know I felt like you know it was time for me because i i was feeling like my path in corporate world as fabulous and exciting as it was 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 getting to to a moment when i was not growing anymore as an individual and i felt like the risk or the fear of of doing my own was becoming less important than the fear of not being on the right path anymore. And so, you know, I decided to launch my brand and, and, and here we are.
1: That's wonderful. I feel like you're helping all of us kind of take the leap and, and take a chance and make our own path. Um, I definitely want to talk about that a little bit more, but, but first, um, you talked about your your career a little bit and how wonderful it was, how much great experience you had. I would love to just hear a little bit more about your your time at L'oreal,
2: yeah, well, L'Oreal was literally uh, the first real position that I had in the category. Um, and uh, and I actually it's there that I um find found again my passion for fragrance. The passion for fragrance was there even as a little kid. Mm-hmm. and I didn't know that you could make a career out of it, you know? So I went into business and I went into marketing by lack of knowing better. And then when I was at L'Oréal, you know, I started in makeup and then at some point I was asked to join uh, the fragrance division of L'Oréal and I literally fell in love with the category. (laughs) And so my path was really business management and marketing, but I loved the craft so much that I decided to train myself. And one night, I was, you know, way after hours in the office, smelling and smelling and smelling to taught, to teach myself. And the owner of a fragrance house saw me and actually was, you know, really intrigued and and kind enough to allow me to work with these perfumers who trained me. Wow. And to me, i will I will never forget. I will never forget that gesture of kindness and and encouragement. And so all of my career was really between business management and creative and development. It was always, you know, I needed both to be, you know, completely happy. I I love both sides of the business. And and that's what I have done uh, since L'Oréal. And at L'Oréal, you know, I worked first in a brand called Cacharel, which was a beautiful brand. And then I was asked to um take on uh some you know trying to develop uh Giorgio Armani fragrances, you know which was trying to find its way and 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 you know I had a fantastic experience there and really looking at it in a different way and uh, finding you know a crossroads between the DNA of the brand and what people want when they think fragrance perfume and we created Acqua di Gio, which really propelled uh, Giorgio Armani into the world of fragrance. And then oh, yes. we did so much more with the brand, but it was amazing.
1: So for those years you were at L'Oreal, I know you said business was, was your um, original uh, yeah. place in the organization. Uh, could you tell us, just for people who don't know they can have a career in fragrance, to your point, um, you were in the marketing department and then... Um, after you trained with the perfumers at the fragrance house, um, how did your role change?
2: Well, actually, I was always, and, and even after when I was at Guerlain or, you know, uh, or at Estee Lauder, um, my my path, if you will, was always quote unquote business management, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I have done. I, you know, and ultimately I became the global president of the fragrance division of the Estee Lauder company. So that's, pretty much as much business as you can take. But by choice, I wanted to know about the craft. I wanted to be able to develop fragrance. I wanted the creative relationship with the perfumers that are really the artists of Mm -hmm. our industry. And that's what I wanted for myself. This is because I was passionate about fragrance. So, um, So unlike most of the business people in the field, I could have a creative or technical or developmental conversation yes. about fragrance. And and it was very important to me because this is where I find my joy. This is where I find my energy. Um, building brands is a fabulous exercise. But if you disconnect the uh, business planning, if you will, from the emotional connection that a consumer has, with the craft, you're
1: doing only half of the job. Yes. You have to understand the product. And I think that passion really comes through in, in fragrance in particular. Mm-hmm. You can really feel the passion that comes behind it um, if the person really is in love with fragrance and how it makes you feel. So that's it's really interesting. That's really inspiring. I haven't heard many people who are on the business end get that passionate um, about the the product. About yeah. fragrance in that way to study it yeah. in their spare time,
2: yeah, and and also you know with with the category of perfume, um, you know, the, there's there's nothing rational about it when you think about it, right? You mm-hmm. your connection with perfume is um, pretty much instinctive and emotional, and it's it's because your sense of smell is connecting to your limbic system and your limbic brain and your reptilian brain, which mm-hmm. is the center of your instinct and the center of your emotions. All of our other senses are going through the cortex, which is the rational brain. Right. Okay? so But with the, the fragrance, particularly, your emotions are directing your choices. And if you do not connect with the emotional side of a consumer or a client or whoever, you know, you are not going to be able to create that um, brand connection either. So business and and, uh, creative go really hand-in-hand in in that category. It's a little less so when it comes to skincare, for example, where it's much more rational, if you will. The choices you make are are based on a lot of the benefits that you're going to get out Mm -hmm. of of a product you don't know what you're getting out of fragrance, except you can't you can't express it, but you deeply feel what fragrance is for you. And so the choices you're made are extraordinarily emotional. And so you have to understand that aspect.
1: Yes. I love that. <laughs> That's wonderful. It's a great take on the the industry and why people are so passionate about it. It really is about the experience, the individual, mm-hmm. um, the relationship to fragrance, all of the memories it evokes. Um, that's why I love fragrance as well. I'd love to talk about your brand in particular. And something you've said before um, while we were talking today is uh, this idea of values, mm-hmm. this idea of missions. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to talk about the Véronique Goodbye brand. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to do and um, what
2: is really important to me is um, bridging, if you will, the idea of luxury with the idea of generosity. Yes. To me, luxury is about bringing to the forefront an incredible amount of quality. Um, and uh, you know the the most exquisite craftsmanship wherever it is you know uh, would it be fragrance development or design or whatever it is and you know when you call yourself a luxury brand you better have one of the most exquisite product you can find and and put your effort towards it again and again and again and again and never take for granted what you do because there's always a way to get better at it. Yeah. So that to me is very important. But at the same time, when you are searching for that amount of quality and, and, you know, and you're passionate about it, some brands tend to get more distant from people. And to me, I was always, you know, not happy about that. I don't think that luxury is about being distant or rare or, you know, it's it's about... Yes, it's about being extremely demanding when it comes to what you put out there in the world. Meticulous. uh, Meticulous, really. But at the same time, you have to be um, generous. You have to open your arms. You have to welcome people, whoever they are, wherever they come from. You have a um, kind of also a duty of educating people. If Mm -hmm. you know your craft, then open Open the, the, your arms and, and explain to people why this craft is so precious. So there's, there's this notion, and, and for us, for me, it was very important to add this element of generosity. The other thing that was really important for me was to give people a moment of joy, a moment of beauty a moment that could be a breathing room for them being a little bit more quiet for a second yes. enjoying life for a moment a uh, breathing a little freer for a moment and and that's what i've tried to do in my products my products are, are basically that balance of luminosity and, and 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 sensuality luminosity around you so you you're surrounded where by a a bubble of, of light and joy when you wear my fragrances. The aura of the fragrances are very luminous. But on skin, they're very sensual, very comforting. And so with that, if you will, we did a few things to translate that into the product. But at the same time, to me, it was very important to extend that idea of generosity and respect um, to the way we're doing things, not just what we are doing, but the way we're doing things. So um, this element of generosity is, is important in the way that we're handling our company. We're handling the relationship with the people who work for with us or work for us. And then there's um the importance of Um, you know, making sure that the way that we produce our product is in line with what we want to achieve. So all of our naturals are ethically sourced. So we make sure that the farmers that are producing the raw materials that go into the composition of our fragrances are well treated, fairly treated, no matter what. Okay. Um, We're very conscious also about what we do in terms of you know relationship to nature, if we mm-hmm. are looking at nature for inspiration and for development, product development, then we need to respect it, Absolutely. and we're trying to be as much as we can as sustainable as we can and I never lie we're not a hundred percent sustainable we're not, and very few brands are yes, in our very in our difficult. field but We are working very hard to improve uh, that element of sustainability in everything we do.
1: So I'd like us to go back to the beginning and talk (laughs) about you, uh, this person who has such strong values that has to come from, um, you know, your origins. So I'd love to talk about uh, where you grew up and how you first fell in love with fragrance.
2: Yeah. So I, I, you know, I was so lucky. Um to be born in one of the most beautiful regions of the world. Mm -hmm. I was born in the south of France by the Mediterranean Sea uh, in a place called the Côte d'Azur or the French Riviera. And I was born in a little town called Antibes. Um, So Antibes is a gorgeous little town, um, eight kilometers away from Grasse. You know, and Grasse is basically the historic um, center of, of perfumery. So obviously, You know, when you are born in that region, you're surrounded by the beauty of of nature. You're surrounded with the abundance of plants and flowers and trees and fruit. So you're you're surrounded with it and you're basically living within nature. You have the sea in front of you. You have the mountains behind you. You have this gorgeous, you know, nature uh, around you. And so um, nature was always a very important component of my life. I, I need it. Um, if, I, if I am not in nature uh, for, I don't know, more than, you know, if I am away from nature more than a week, I'm I'm, I'm dying on the vine, literally. Wow. I need it. Yes. So that connection to nature was really important. And what I'm trying to do in the perfumes is bringing nature in the bottle. So when you smell my perfumes, you are immediately transported into a place, into a, a moment in nature. But to go back to the values, yeah, I think that, you know, I was raised uh, by uh, parents that were absolutely amazing. And they're, they're not with us anymore. And they were tough. Believe me, I had my moments with my mother. Yeah. (laughs) Don't we Um, all? (laughs) Well, yeah. But, um, my father was, um, loving life, loving life. Um, and my mother at a time when it was difficult to be independent was an independent woman. Though my father was super successful in in business, my mother never stopped working because she wanted to stay independent. She was a teacher and she was teaching kids um, way beyond uh, her call of duty. Both of my parents were born in Tunisia at Mm -hmm. the time when Tunisia was part of, of France. And both of my parents had to hide during the war because we're Jewish. And so, um, but they never, 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 you know, hold a grudge on whatever situation they had to go through. They knew hunger, they knew uh, fear, um, but they never, um, so, you know, make it feel like it was a hurdle. They always embraced life. They always embraced everyone around them wherever they were coming from and they were showing me what it means to be tolerant, Mm -hmm. to accept everyone for what they are even though you're very strong in your own skin and to be generous with whoever is around you. So I never knew anything else but an incredible amount of generosity, of respect, of happiness, of joy. My mother was a teacher and, you know, during the phase in France where you have a lot of immigration from um, uh, Northern Africa, because she knew how to speak Arabic, she had lived in Tunisia. She was teaching the kids after hours how to speak in French and she would reassure the mother who did not know how to speak French that the kids would be taken care of. My dad was, you know, almost... Thrown into um, a camp, but he survived and and to this day tells stories about the good and the bad in everyone, and so it's like you know so yes those values were extraordinarily important in um, at the end of the day loving life and loving people and that's what is you know the most important part of my of my being is I love life. You know, I think it's it's an amazing gift that we have and so, not one that shouldn't be, um, you know, taken for granted. And I love people. I really do. That's, yeah, I love people. <laughs> I love
1: that. <laughs> I feel like that that comes out through, um, obviously, if you're talking to you, like you're so easy to talk to but also it comes out through your fragrances. It's mm-hmm. like everything, um, every spritz is like, uh, you feel the love. Um, it's kind of like your home cooking <laughs> Yeah, I feel like totally. that's a, an yeah. expression that you're sharing with the world so yeah. um, thank mm-hmm. you for sharing uh, about your family
0: experience scents that bring sunshine to the soul with a quick tour of the Veronique by fragrance line we're about to explore La Pongie Souvenir de Tunisie Noir de May. Sexy Garrigue, and Sur la Plage.
1: Let's start with, and uh, also correct me if I'm pronouncing it, um, too too regular, like American-y. Um, that's, that's okay. <laughs> but <laughs> Le point, Le Pointe,
2: Le
3: Pointe
2: G. Le Pointe G. <laughs> the G-Spot. <laughs> the G-Spot. So this one is one of my newest uh, fragrance. And basically this one... I would say is the, um, is, was created as an odd to women. Mm. Okay. It's, it's created as an homage to women's body. And to me, there's something absolutely gorgeous about a woman's body. And no matter how you live your life, there's no, you know, there's absolutely no, you know, concerned about your choices in life, Mm -hmm. but a woman's body at the end of the day is the body that gives life. Yeah. And as I said, I love life and I love people. So, you know, I think there's something absolutely gorgeous about a woman's body just because it is capable of giving life. Absolutely. And so the curves and the nuances of a woman's body, you know, whatever the woman's body is like, there's something at the same time, very strong. And at the same time, very tender in a woman's body. And I wanted to pay homage to that, that, that body and to basically, you know, pay homage also to the way that a woman feels her sensuality and her pleasure. And for once, for crying out loud, I wanted this <laughs> to, be, to be expressed through the lens of a woman and not through the lens of a man. I know okay? that's right. <laughs> All right. And so to me, you know, also when you talk to your girlfriends, you know, the, the the notion of pleasure, the notion of sensuality is not necessarily what you see on TV or what you see on the movies or what you hear about. Right. It's a very different thing. And it's never been told, really, in scent. Right. And so I wanted to tell that. You know, access to pleasure and sensuality through the lens of a woman. So here we're talking about how do you how do you feel that pleasure? And a woman pleasure is built little by little. You know, it's waves of different things that basically um, culminate into a climax. But it's like layers after layers, you build that pleasure. And that's what Le Poinget is about. It's like this pulse, this vibration, this waves. And so we built it through different ingredients, like iris to me, which is like a kiss. Oh, gorgeous. Okay. Or the rose that's like another kiss. So the caress of musks that feel like a carous on your skin. Or, you know, then you go into... Mm, the soft bite of leather, you oh. know, you know, and then you go to the depth of woods and the vertigo of vanilla, you know, so to me, that's what Le Poinget is. So Le Poinget is less about a space, if you will, mm-hmm. but way more about a sensation, a you know, the, the sensation of pleasure for a woman, by a woman. Ah. <laughs>
1: I feel like I am in the fragrance. <laughs> I feel like I am the fragrance. That's so wonderful, La Pointe. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, absolutely wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. That's I think that's my favorite. Of you you the, like it? Yeah, I, it's a beautiful. I'm scent. a sucker for a rose. Yeah, and in all of the notes in it, but the way they come together yeah. is just so smooth and yeah. sensual. Yeah. I. I uh, I die. I love that fragrance. But in terms
2: <laughs> of ingredients, you know, there you have obviously rose santifolia that comes from grass, mm. and the iris that comes from um, Tuscany.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. the rose santifolia that um, that's a particular quality of rose, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, could you describe what that adds sure. to the
2: fragrance? Sure. So rose santifolia, you, you have two kind of rose. There's two categories. One is called rose damascena, and one is rose santifolia. Rose damascena is the rose that you will harvest in most areas of the rose places. Like you find that in Morocco, you find that in Turkey, you find that in Bulgaria. Rose centifolia is mainly coming from grass, Mm. okay, from the south of France. And so rose damascena will give you something very round and voluptuous, you know, um, um, rose santifolia is a little bit more complex. In rose santifolia, you smell a lot of different facets. Uh, you smell the dew of the morning. You smell almost like a green note. You smell a, a fruity note. You smell an earthy note. You even smell a touch of what I could qualify as smelling like artichoke, like a green a green wow. note, yeah. But santifolia gives you what I s- call, you know, the whole of nature. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's like a hyper reality, like yeah, an intense. It's so beautiful, and Damascena is gorgeous too. But Damascena is rounder, fuller, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so usually when you do scents with with rose, we tend to use both to give you a lot of inflections. Dimension in yeah. in G, it's mostly santifolia we have in 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 the
3: fragrance. Wow, mm-hmm.
1: I don't think people know. I I love talking about the notes like this because I don't think people, you know, you get a bottle of something and the art and the craftsmanship that goes behind each selection, Mm. how each piece comes together is so magical. It's truly an art form.
3: Yeah, it is. Um,
1: Let's talk about Souvenir de Tunisie. Yes. Did I say that yes, properly? Yes, you did it so beautifully. <laughs> and so for, for everyone listening to
2: us, Souvenir de Tunisie means souvenir from Tunisia. Mm-hmm. And again, that this one is an homage to my parents. And so um, the, the common thread when it comes to ingredients between the south of France and Tunisia is actually orange blossom. Uh, orange blossom actually came from the south of France and because... France, you know, um, colonized Tunisia for quite some time. They brought to Tunisia and Morocco um, the orange tree. And it just so happened that the orange tree became like absolutely phenomenal, you know, in those regions and became flourished. And so orange blossom really became phenomenally uh, important in uh, northern Africa. And it's in Tunisia today is the biggest grower of orange blossom. Oh, cool. And the best quality of orange blossom comes from there. And so um, orange blossom, to me, is this uh, scent that is quite uh, unique. And, you know, if if you're interested in the technicalities of of raw materials, out of this flower, you have two different scents. You know, from the distillation of it, distillation through water, you get neroli. You get a very fresh, uh, almost green a type of orange blossom scent. And then, if you extract uh, through a process we call extraction, you get the absolute of orange flower, which is much bigger, much more bold and sensual, you know, like more like a white floral. And so, with Souvenir de Tunisia, you have both. You have Neroli and orange blossom. Uh, So you have the watery green aspect of it, like in the beginning it feces a little bit and then you go into this super sexy uh, white floral. And and with Souvenir de Tunisie, we added in there some woods, of course, Mm -hmm. but more importantly, we have a touch of honey, we have a touch of vanilla, and we have a touch of almond. And so it gives you an almost gourmand feel yes. to that fragrance, a little bit like the pastries that you have in, on the other side of the Mediterranean. So it's something that is super sexy, super seductive, but very tender at the same time on skin. You know, so it's, it's really lovely.
1: I love that one. I'm, none of you can smell me, but I am wearing that <laughs> fragrance <laughs> and it just feels like joy, mm-hmm. joy bottled. <laughs> um, it transports you. It's so uh, It's very so exotic vibrant. too. You're right. Yes. It's, it is very exotic. Mm. I mean, the honey note um, is something that I can smell in it. It's just so gorgeous without being overly sweet. It's just the, like the hints that you were mm-hmm. talking about. Um, ah, wonderful. Uh, let's talk about another fragrance. How about uh, Noir de May? Yes. So we talked about Santifolia, right?
2: The rose yes. Santifolia. So. The Rose Santifolia is also called Rose de Grasse or Rose de May. Why? Because it blooms in May. And we have one month to harvest this beautiful, extraordinary rose. And we harvest it at dawn, you know, so five a m to, let's say nine am, because when the sun becomes too harsh, too too strong, the scent loses its its texture, if mm. you will. So we have to harvest it very early in the morning, every day in the months of May. And then we transport it very quickly to the center of extraction. We have very little time to do that. And so with this Rose Santifolia or Rose de May, you know, it's so exceptional in scent. Uh, as I was explaining before, you have so many different facets to the flower. I didn't want other flowers to come and and meddle with this, right? Mm-hmm. But, but. I wanted to make sure that people would know that this flower is not just a little garden flower, right? She's a rose. She's the queen of flowers.
1: Okay, Okay.
2: (laughs) She has a strong stem. She stands on her own. And she has thorns too, you know. When she needs them. When she needs them. (laughs) And so I wanted to make sure that we would add to that rose some facets of Woods, dark woods, patchouli, moss, amber, that would give to that rose an inflection of sensuality, of mm, danger, of rebellious attitude a little bit like make it a little bit of a rock and roll rose, right? Okay. Independent flower, right? (laughs) Determined, independent, and rebellious. That's what I like about (laughs) that rose. And so um, the uh, rose de mai, and, you know, there's a little play on word here. Rose is the flower, but it's also the color pink. And the color pink in French is called rose because it is named after that flower. Okay. Okay. So the rose de mai for me my Rose de May is a little bit more, hmm, a little bit more independent, right? Mm-hmm. She's 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 naughty and she's independent. <laughs> and so I played on Word and I add this dark facet to it. And so that's why I call it noir de May, meaning black of May, dark of May, if you will. Uh, so that's the play on Word.
1: Okay, let's talk about sexy Garrigue. Yeah, sexy
2: garrigue. So the garrigue is the forest that um, basically is off the coast. So when you are around the Mediterranean, you have the coast, you have the beach, and then usually you go right into the rocks and right into that (laughs) forest called the Garrigue. And the Garrigue is not uh, a forest like you have in America. You know, the forests that you have around the Mediterranean are very... Uh, The the trees are not big, you know, they're not very tall, they're kind of frail, you know, they're not very big trees. So you have those trees, um, oaks, um, pines, uh, and then you have a lot of bushes, and those bushes give the aromatic plants, okay, but they also provide us with resins. And some of those resins really give you the smells of amber. And one of those resins is called cyst labdanum. So the, the plant is cyst labdanum, and gives yes. that little bit of a resin. And so sexy garrigue is that. Sexy garrigue is the smell of those bushes, the aromatic plants, the resins, the amber. And um, we refresh it with some citrus on top, a mandarin. Um, so a little bit of sparkling sweetness to it. And then there too, there's a touch of honeycomb in there and then patchouli to make it really, really sexy. And why it's called Sexy Garrigue, it's because the scent is incredibly sexy. And when you you think of the Garrigue, that forest, you know, to me, it's, it can never be dissociated from... Um, the climate there. You know, the south of France, is, it's very warm. Or you go to Corsica or you go to uh, Spain, it's warm. And um, during the summer, the sun is Feeling this Garrig like there's no tomorrow, right? <laughs> and the sun goes into the rocks, and the rocks are filled with the heat of the sun. And when you walk there during the day, you're dying. It's like there's no, there's no shade, you know, to protect you. You're like, you're dying. <laughs> Nowhere <Okay>? to turn. <laughs> Nowhere to turn. And so the moment when you can really appreciate the environment is at night, when the sun sets, When suddenly the rocks start to cool Mm. and suddenly this smell of the garrig is exhaling and you have all of that aromatic plants and those resins and that amber and you open the windows of your home and the smell comes into your home and you're like, ooh, it's time (laughs) to enjoy the night. (laughs) And that's why it's so sexy, sexy garrig.
1: You're really transporting me to these places. (laughs) So could you tell us about one more fragrance?
2: Yeah, of course. How about Sur la Plage? Oh, Sur la Plage. It means on the beach. Mm. And really when you smell it, it takes you there. And um, what Sur la Plage is about is the sensation of being on the beach. And so you're going to feel the warmth of the sand. You're going to feel the sun on your skin. You're gonna have the uh, smell of the sea coming, you know, on the shore. You're gonna feel the salt on your skin because you're jumping in the water. You come out of it. The sun hits your your skin, but there's this little bit of salt on it, and you just put on a little bit of solar cream, right? Sunscreen. Um, and so you feel that too. And then around you are those beautiful flowers of, you know, laurel trees and magnolia and tuberose, you know, coming around. Gorgeous. So that's the sensation of Sur la Plage. And really, really w- smell it and close your eyes and feel what it smells like. I mean, I always say that Sur la Plage to me is absolutely divine when you're alone and it's sinful when you're with a lover.
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Can you repeat that one more time for us?
2: Yeah. Divine alone, sinful
1: with a lover. Oh, divine alone, <laughs> sinful with a lover. Sur la Plage. I could imagine wanting to spray all of my clothing with that. Yeah. Um, even if I'm just like alone at home, uh,
3: yeah, just Why to not? feel like
1: I'm in a more open, beautiful atmosphere <laughs> and I'm at the beach without, you know, having the sand between my toes, literally. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go to the beach and don't want to get your hair wet, sort of <laughs> <much>. <laughs> I love that one.
0: It's time for Scent Connection, Côte d'Azur Edition. Brittany brings up a quality evoked by the French Riviera, and Veronique shares the notes that immediately come to mind.
1: I would love for you to tell us the first few notes that come to mind. I love that game. Yes.
3: (laughs) The first one is glamour. Gold. Luminosity. Sunshine. What notes speak to you about luminosity? Citrus, rose, um, bergamot within the citrus, certainly. Yeah. Bergamot for sure. Um, herbs, mint. Oh, I love that. Mm. How about pleasure? Mm. Skin, um, anything that relates to skin. So a touch of ember, woods, um, iris, musks. Yes. How about womanhood? (sighs) Full, something round, full, strong, planted on the earth. So in terms of notes, again, woods. Woods. For sure. Not flowers, woods. Mm
1: -hmm. See that? That is unique. We tend to think of florals just being a woman, but womanhood, the way you describe it, it's so multifaceted. And I love that you said woods and not just like Mm -hmm. a a pretty
3: delicate flower. (laughs) Um, How about heat? Heat in terms of ingredient? Yes. Yeah. Ember, Mm. Um, spice, cinnamon. Yeah. wonderful. And vacation, the beach, honey. (laughs) Yes,
2: (laughs) absolutely. So, in terms of note, that will be a touch of marine note—not the super salty one, but the feel of being by the shore, and um, white florals because they feel like sun to me, you know, and um, and probably an ingredient called salicylate that feels like you know the feeling of um, sunscreen.
1: Oh I love that. Mm. I have one last word. Nature.
3: <gasps> oh my God. It there's so much, you know, with nature
2: to me, I mean, the first thing that come to me again would be green notes and woody notes. Um, but but then all of the flowers, some of the fruits, not all of the fruits, some fruits feels too creamy or lactonic, like and that takes me away from nature. But um Everything really, you know, relates to nature.
1: Yes, it's all around us. Thank you for playing with us. I love it. I love love identifying the notes because, you know, we're working for Scentbird. Um, We're a digital platform where people are able to discover fragrance. And um, there's, you know, we're in this new world where you can't always get to a department store. You can't always get to where the fragrances actually are. So hearing associations with different vibes or qualities can really help people to find their footing when they're searching for fragrance online, hopefully as Scentbirdies, um, people who are customers of Scentbird can go find your fragrances and understand them a little bit better and they can kind of already smell them yeah. so they know which ones they'll be able to pick and no, try for out. for sure.
2: And I think you're doing a great job in, in connecting people to fragrance and allowing them to sample and to discover and to try, you know, uh, as much as they want or as they can.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I know. Uh, Abroad, uh, there's a, you know, a longer, uh, history of fragrance, um, in a more rich fragrance culture in some ways. And in the United States, sometimes I think people feel like they have to pick just one fragrance.
2: But, you know, it's interesting because this is changing quite rapidly. Mm-hmm. And I was really fascinated by what happened during the pandemic, yes. actually. Um, because yes... If you go to some areas of the world, like Europe or the Middle East or Russia, there's a deep understanding of scent, and scent has been part of the uh, daily life of men and women alike for centuries. The U.S. is a little more, um, you know, young when it comes to uh, the connection to scent. That being said, Um, It's very interesting to see that during the pandemic, the American people have understood what Europeans, Russian, Middle Eastern people have known for a long time, is that scent is not something you do just for others. Mm -hmm. It's something you do for yourself. It's a pick-me-up. It gives you a little bit of joy. It gives you a moment of of happiness. It helps you feel better. It helps you feel more confident about yourself. It's a little bit like the shield of comfort or the shield of confidence or, you know, this this idea that you can be yourself uh, confidently. And, you know, it's very interesting to see how the fragrance category has exploded Yes. In terms of business during the pandemic in this country. And, you know, usually in America, people would buy a fragrance very rarely. Mm-hmm. They would buy it or wear it because they have a date or they have an interview special or they have occasion. a special occasion. And now they, they are more connected with it because the fragrance helps you be yourself. And and fragrance is connected to your emotion, to your memories, to your personality, to your instinct. And there's no right or wrong. And I think this is also something I want to say to people that are listening to us. There's no right or wrong when it comes to scent. Yes. You can like it or dislike it. It's okay. <laughs> if you like it, it's yours. If you don't like it, Don't go there. You know, it's it's about you. It's about you as an individual. It's about you as a personality. Scent is here to help you be you.
1: I couldn't have said it better (laughs) myself. Mic drop. Scent is here to make you feel like you, exactly. it's here for you. <laughs> it's not something you aspire to. It's no. not, no. it's not out of your reach. It's, no. it's an expression. Yeah. I love that. And as, as a fragrance maker, if you will, as crafters, if you will,
2: we're here to serve that, mm. you know, we're here to help you. You, we're here to make you feel better. And, and if we can make that and put a smile on your face, well, you know what? it's already good enough
1: absolutely (laughs) I love that thank you so much for talking to me I've had the best time talking to you
2: (laughs) I'm so happy that we did this thank you so much Brittany and And thank thank you to Sandbird I mean it's a fabulous fabulous company that really connects people to you know what most of us are trying to do and which is creating beauty you know yes
1: (laughs) Ah, wonderful
0: that was Brittany Jackson-Moseley and Veronique Gabay from New York City. Rate and review Scent World wherever you get your podcasts. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria nur Produced by Mike Giordani. Edited by Ramiro Gava. Mixed by Alex Roses. Production support by Pele Melendez. Thanks for joining us.